I will do it. So welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week we got on artist Jelani Imani. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I kind of kicked them all off the same way. Just introduce yourself, the, the music that you do, and just whatever you want to say about yourself. Uh, my name is Jelani Imani. Uh, I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia, but I'm from uh, Ellenwood, Georgia, which is like 25 minutes south of the city. Clayton County, what it do? Uh, shit, I make music, been making music since I was six, producing music since I was 14, playing guitar since I was 17. Yeah, and I'm just, I just be making music, man. That's all I really be doing. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you recently just dropped an EP, 3Mo, and, uh, yeah, I, I listened to it today. I actually listened to it right when it came out, too. And, I mean, it's only a three song pack, but the whole thing's a vibe, an absolute vibe. All your music's very, uh, I mean, for people who haven't checked it out, you're very, uh, very highly energetic, very, seem to be very happy. It's very, it's always a vibe anyway. But go, trying to go in with 3Mo, uh, kind of how was the rollout of that? And, uh, yeah, how was the making of that and all that? Mm, bet. So, goddamn, first of all, I appreciate you listening. Uh, I definitely put a lot of effort into this three pack when originally this this idea I'm trying to do like three packs for the whole year. Oh yeah. So January I did a three pack called January 2021. And it has three songs on there, one feature. Uh but the idea was really just cuz I I've been I make a lot of music. Like I like I said I pretty much only make music. Like I don't I don't be doing a lot of other shit. So like I just make so much stuff and I was like, "Bro, like I've been putting out hella, like, consistent projects for the last three years. So, like, it'll be cool to just have a year where I kind of just don't think too much about all that and just kind of just, like, give music, like, just a whole bunch of shit. In the meantime, I already have, like, a project ready for when that time comes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm still working on shit for a project when time comes. But, like, my focus is, like, okay, I got to get three good-ass songs this month and give them. Like that's so that's where I've been at really with and that's where it comes from. So this is the second of the twelve month series. And uh yeah, and it's an E P with my girlfriend. I wish she could be here for this interview because I feel like like it may, it would make sense so she could talk about like her contributions, but she not be able to be here right now. You know what I'm saying? But she went crazy and we'll talk more about that, you know what I'm saying? But that's pretty much what all this shit is. It's like three three project well like three songs a month. Sometimes it might be just three singles. Depending on how my brain works, I don't really know yet. So, so yeah, far, it's no, been EPs. Yeah, no, she actually ki- absolutely killed it on it, and I would love to be able to talk to her sometime too. You guys obviously vibe together so well, and it yeah. just, you, you both vibe off each other so well, and you can you can you can hear it in the music, and it's just the whole thing was amazing. I recommend it to anyone. But uh, okay, yeah, I didn't know about your whole twelve month uh, three pack thing. That's really well, that's because I, I haven't really like been saying like, oh, that's what I'm gonna do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I kind of just been doing it and letting the actions speak for themselves. So, but I've noticed that so far, like in the last two months, a couple people on Twitter and a couple people on Instagram have noticed, like, oh, he might be doing this. You know what I'm saying? I've said it a couple times, but I ain't really making a big deal. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, no, but it's it's an interesting way. I mean, a lot of people just kind of go for the one project or maybe the one at the start of the year and kind of one towards the end or just mid-year. But, uh, yeah, so your last full project was floating and uh, kind of how, I mean, that was, that was recent. That was 2020. You dropped two projects in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> that was literally a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Being oh, shell and floating and floating the single off that being one of your bigger singles on Spotify at least and uh like amassing over eleven thousand streams alone. So uh how was kind of that rollout of that project, that being your last full length project? Okay, so floating was a great project by the way. Uh like I just not a fat home on look. Can I flip the camera? Oh yeah, okay, bet. Look at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sick. I love the album cover on that. Real shit. Shout out Manny, man. Nomadic Manny. But, uh, yeah. So, Floating was originally the concept, like, was just... Me and my partner was talking about, damn, we in a pandemic. Like, what the fuck we finna do? Because we was finna throw a show. Like, we had plans and shit. And we was just like, damn, what the fuck? What do we do? Like, should we wait to put out music? Da, 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 da. <clears throat> so, niggas, I was just like, man, we finna work on mixtapes. I was like, shit, I guess I'm finna make a mixtape then. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like it makes sense. I mean, we could do that, like, because, I mean, you know, niggas just put out an album, so I was like, it'd be cool to drop just, like, a tape like, with some dope-ass songs, like, good energy, like, good production, just dope shit, but, like, not really, like, a goddamn conceptual, uh, uh, like, super thought out, like, how the shell was, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, yeah. just kind of have fun, but still, like, make something, like, enjoyable all the way through. So, like, that's really what Flowing was. And floating originally was just gonna be me dropping some shit on my SoundCloud, like just for fun. And as time went by, I kind of just sat with all the music. I ain't dropped nothing. I held it and I just kept holding this shit. And I put out a two pack with my dad. I was like, damn, I could put this shit out though. So I kind of like picked the songs that I wanted, polished them up. You know what I'm saying? Worked with some other producers and shit. Like got other producers on the project, like David X, uh, Wizard, uh, uh, your friend Kami, and uh, yeah, and then me of course. But just got with some other guys and got some features in that motherfucker and shit and tied it all together end up making it an album because that shit end up turning into an album like yeah. with the mixtape concept I I made an album that was inspired by mixtapes yeah I guess that's what you put it with all the drops and like there's skits in there but it's really like a it's not like a super like conceptual project it's just like a compilation of a bunch of fires records and then thematically just pushed together and yeah, no, to yeah no i was listening to that this morning too and that whole thing's an absolute vibe i mean it's all just from floating through everything else i love that one too mm-hmm. but uh kind of jumping way back to your first uh debut coming in uh shichelani 19 years <laughs> in september 2018 uh yeah that was kind of the, or it was the thing that solidified you in the underground scene that really kind of put you on the scene. Uh, was that something you really expected to happen? And looking back on it now, what's came from there? I mean, shit, I ain't expecting to happen, but I felt like it could. I believed it could because I felt like I had been like around the scene for like a minute, underground scene in Atlanta, but like, I was very young. Like, I had just graduated. Like, I went to college for like a semester and I dropped out and I was 17 when I went to college so I was young as fuck kind of already like doing shows and shit I had a different rap name like my my rap name was like Flair but it was spelled like like it was spelled like Flair like as in style and not Flair like Gucci man but I fuck with Gucci though but um I ain't want to jack his whole name and shit I felt like that would be I tried to like twist it in my own way 
Yeah. I'm inspired by Ric Flair. Like, because, you know what I'm saying? They like wrestling. And I was like, who the flyest nigga? I'm like, damn, <laughs> it's racist ass Ric Flair. I'm like, yeah, boom, boom. And that's how I did it. But, um, I ended up changing that shit because I was like, nah, I'm just going to go by my real name, bro. Fuck that shit. <laughs> it sounds cool anyway. So I just, it was my real name. And uh, from there, I kind of was stuck because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Like, I was kind of confused. Like, I didn't know, like, uh, do, I, do I need to, like, and there's some game for, like, some niggas on the come up right now who don't know what the fuck to do. Like, this is, I know a lot of niggas that's probably going to be like, damn, that was me or this is me. Like, I was, I was making fire songs, in my opinion. And I was doing shows, too, but not a whole lot of shows. I really wasn't getting booked for no shows. Like, niggas just straight sleep. But it wasn't because that, it wasn't because they were sleep. Like, I feel like some niggas knew who I was. It wasn't giving me a chance. And some niggas just had no clue. And I feel like the ones who knew who I was and wasn't giving me a chance was because I didn't show enough for niggas to feel like they were supposed to give me a chance. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. Nick, like you can be fired at something all day, but somebody going to work with you if they see you grinding trying to put your own foot towards what you're trying to go towards. Opposed to just being like, hey, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I feel like that's really what that was, and I had to learn that just as time went on. So I was doing shows, and I started dropping, like, consistent singles, and I was putting out videos with them shits, and I wasn't putting out videos before. So I had started doing, like, me and my girl, my girl was trying to learn how to edit because she really a filmmaker. Like, she made music on the side, but she really made movies, and she an actress. You know what I'm saying? Like, she yeah. doing auditions and all that type of shit. So, and I used to act too, but that's another story. But, like, she, um... Like, she was helping me do that because she wanted to learn how to edit. So she was, like, shooting videos with me, like, just shooting whatever. And then she would edit them. And I would, like, help here and there. But mostly she was doing that shit. I'm not even going to cap to you. And, like, we was just doing that shit. We was just dropping shit. Boom, boom, just dropping shit. Hell of shit. I would meet niggas. I was going to niggas' shows, like, who music I liked. I was going to their shows and shit, going to support. And, like, and meet niggas at the shows and shit to figure out what the fuck was going on. So all the artists I like, like at the time, like I like, uh, and all these niggas, but most of these niggas knew me already through other niggas. But like, I went to college with uh, this nigga named uh, his. Most niggas know him as Jazz Ingram, but his artist name now is uh, Penelope P. But I went to college with that nigga, and he was just a nigga I used to always kick with. He was cool, you know what I'm saying? And he uh, was kind of already doing his thing. But he was from like North. He went to this high school in Atlanta called North Springs, so that's a different part of town. I'm from the South Side. So, like, but I went to college with him, and he was in the Atlanta, Atlanta scene, because that's an Atlanta high school, I, I, I guess you could say. And uh, so I just started linking up, going to his shows, because I like his music, you know what I'm saying? So I would go to his shows, and I would meet other rappers, other people who do shit. Like, I met David X at going to one of his shows, and I met David, and I met Kenny that same night. I met all them niggas, like, at that one show, but I just always clicked up with it, like, linked up with everybody who I fuck with and always go support. And then niggas was like, bro, why don't you throw a show? Like, Kenny told me, he was like, bro, you need to throw a show because, like, you fine and niggas not booking me this. I don't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was like, damn, bro. I was like, damn, I really could throw a show. And I was already working on a mixtape because I'm always working on projects. I know this is long-winded, but I'm trying to remember shit. Yeah, I know it's cool. (laughs) But, Um, but, yeah, so once he told me that and I kind of talked to Jazz about how he, how when he threw his first show, how that shit worked. And I kind of just felt it out for myself, and I just took the money, some of the money that I had, and I was like, okay, I'm finna just click this shit up and see what happens. So I just basically did it. I did the pre-order tickets, but I didn't really pre-order tickets, like, because that shit, I didn't understand how it worked, and I didn't expect niggas to be like, I'm finna buy a ticket early. 
So I just put a link up. I just put the link up to buy tickets online if you wanted to. But I was like, most niggas probably gonna come with cash. And I was like, I'm gonna charge five dollars. Cause I was like, every nigga got five dollars to see a show. Yeah. And if and if the show is only five dollars, nigga might buy buy something, or he might buy a drink from the bar, and the people who let me use their space will get some money. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, I do five dollars, and I just keep. I like these people. Like, I talk to people who did the video. They was real cool. It was on the West End Gallery Nine Nine Two. Anybody could ever come to Atlanta. They always doing like jazz stuff. If you're into like like uh shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Like poetry shit and movie shit and little low key events, but. I did that shit there. For my, on my, it wasn't on my birthday, but the project came out on my birthday. So it was like just a 19th birthday celebration thing. I was like, I could put out music. And that was the first time niggas actually, like, I dropped the project and people was like, I'm about to go listen to this, like, the first night. And that was real cool. But it was, still was like a small amount of people, but it was just like, I could, I could, when I threw the show, I could see the people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, so this is real though. Like, even though it's a little bit of people, it is real people. It's not like no bots or no goddamn like people yeah. from another country or <laughs> yeah. across the world. Like these are people that go to schools and and colleges and shit in my city. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm going out to other events. I'm going to parties. I'm going to campuses. I'm doing all this shit. I'm seeing all these people again. So it's like okay, these yeah, like you know what I'm saying? These people fuck with me. And that shit when I do that show and I did and I dropped that project, I started to get booked for shows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I started to get put on shows and shit. And that from there, it was over with, I feel like. And I used to always, I feel like, my, I grew up, I grew up watching people like The Temptations, Motown artists, um, and Michael Jackson and Prince and goddamn, like all these show stealing, like just, like just charismatic, like artists and performers. Not only that, but also like being a fan of wrestling. So I'm looking at niggas like Shawn Michaels and I'm looking at niggas like, like uh like John Cena, even though these is like well they don't fucking matter. Even like rock music, like niggas like Steven Tyler and like goddamn like just all these showmen, like people who give the crowd a show and I feel like I was one of the only people one of the few people that was doing shows on our scene that was doing shit like that. Being a showman. Like a real showman. And like interacting with people. I was group hugging the audience, bro, like <laughs> I had niggas like I had a whole I could I see you post this video it's like a fucking like a sea of people and I'm just in that bitch just in that bitch everybody hugging them everybody hugging bro this ain't no bullshit like the whole crowd hugging each other so I done brought these folks together you know what I'm saying no beef or nothing so they like it was hard to bring them together but most people were like what the fuck like why they doing that but I did that you know no I wasn't doing mosh pits no shit like that I was doing group hug pits niggas was hugging the crowd shit fuck on some real like hippie shit but my bad. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, I, I just threw more shows, and I threw two more at the same venue, and they got bigger each time. Yeah, no, like I have major. I was going to throw a fourth one at it at before coronavirus. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that whole shit show. It's been the past almost two years at this point, a year or something now. But uh, a year. Yeah, no, I feel for you guys big time. That's why I like reaching out to you, underground guys, because it's just. Everything is so overshadowed. Oh, oh God, overshadowed by uh, by the mainstream industry, and it's just ridiculous. Like you actually, like if you want to find, like, say, I found you a couple months after I started doing the podcast, and I mean, you're about as talented, 
clean polish as anyone I've interviewed yet, and I've been very excited to talk to you because I feel like out of a lot of guys, you're definitely set to completely blow up within the next year or so, if not would have been recent, more recent if it wasn't for COVID and everything. But, uh, yeah, I have major pro- like respect for you guys. I mean, shows, getting out and doing shows is definitely the best thing to put a face to Hell your yeah, music. Man. That should change an artist. That shit can change an artist, bro. A nigga, a dude could have goddamn 10 monthly listeners. He do a good show, he might leave that shit with 200. Yeah. Real shit. One show, if it's a good one. I mean, that, that just that's what it tattoos stuff in people's minds, because, I mean, you can listen to the music, but once you have a memory with it of something that you've seen in real life, that's you see that money is stuck in your head for the rest of your life, as in, like, someone pops up, like, hey, what live shows have you seen? Well, I saw Jelani Imani. Like, it's always it's always yeah. there. It doesn't it's like if someone asks you what music you listen to, you're going to name off. The, like, a hundred different guys, probably mainly being Travis Scott, all these big guys be like. Oh, what were these shows you saw? I saw this $5 show, Jelani Imani, and it, the whole crowd hugged each other, and shit was crazy. And then it's always stuck there. That's why, like, the whole COVID thing and the no shows, and I feel for you guys so much, because it's just, it, it, it sucks. It sucks so yeah. much. Yeah. And niggas been doing these little live performances shit lately. That's what really what, I guess, the wave is right now. Niggas doing, like, the film shows, whatever. Yeah. You know, I did a couple of those. It was cool. I gotta get used to it, though. I, it's definitely weird. I miss people. Yeah. You know, I don't mean, I'm not even like, I feel like I'm a people person, but I ain't really a people person. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I love the crowd, and I love, like, making people smile when I'm doing music and shit like that. But I, the, I'd be ready to go home when I be at shows, though. Yeah. I need this shit. I'm ready to go. Like, all these people, I was too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I can relate to that. I've I'm, made- like a, I'm like an extra introvert. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, man, I actually think I relate to that on a personal level. I put out music, too, recently, and I don't think I could ever get up in front of a crowd. I don't know. I feel like I just not something I could do. My but, dad uh, did the same thing, though, but my dad made music and yeah. when he was younger, and he still does make music, but he said the hardest thing for him when he was younger was performing. Yeah, and I mean, sadly, that's the biggest that's my That's the easiest part for me. Yeah, I mean, the well, just referring to someone who's massive now, I mean, The weekend hated it. He didn't show his face for the longest time, and he hated performing, and now he's, yeah. he absolutely, yeah. the Super Bowl was fucking insane. He absolutely destroyed it, and I mean, I give props to that guy. He's a Canadian guy like me, so I'm a massive fan of him, and it's just, it's it's crazy. There's always, yeah, I mean, it's always something you got to get used to, because that is a big, big, big thing when it comes to this shit. Great shit, especially the money part. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Holy the fuck. Some part. Of the money, some of the money. Where most of the money is, yeah. yeah. So, especially if you sign to a label. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of wanted to backtrack to the whole COVID thing and I guess kind of how was 2020 since this whole thing, shit hit the fan for you working as an artist? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bless you. Allergies, not COVID. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh. Excuse me. Um, uh, shit. Basically, I mean, when it first happened, I, for one, I was stunned because I was like, damn, I'm finna throw this show. I need to get my money back for that venue. I never got my money back. What the fuck? What the <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I had, that shit just crossed my mind like, that. I ain't never get my money back for that shit. I need to go get my money. But, um, 
Nah, I mean, at first, bro, it was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I really was thinking about dropping some shit. And, uh, and I just was like, bro, I don't know. And I really hit, like, a brick wall, like, for a minute. So I really wasn't doing shit. I kind of, like, I was on the internet, like, on on social media, but I really went on social media like that. I was scared to link up with niggas on some, like, shooting videos and shit because I was like, I don't know what the fuck, how this shit worked. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was kind of yeah. scared. And I didn't want to put my family at risk or, like, want to just put my life at risk or nobody else. I didn't want to jeopardize nothing. So I kind of just was at the, ho- at the house really for a while, like, like really not linking up with shit for real. Like, and I, mean, I spent a lot of time, like, back south with my family, like, um, just kicking it. I, I say back down south, like, if you was in Atlanta, like, and I showed you, like, where I live based on where the city is, you were like, oh, you, you're not even that far. Like, you, like, you keep saying back south, like, yo ass. Yeah. Literally, like, 20, 20 minutes, like. Yeah. But still, <laughs> it's still not this, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I was really spending a lot of time down there. Uh, me and my girl just kicking it in the house. And just, I was depressed for a while, though, because I was just like, bro, like, what do I do? I mean, I couldn't make no music. I was just like, I mean, I, when I, quarantine first started, I was going crazy. Yeah. Like, I was making some fire shit. And then, like, two, three, four weeks went by, three weeks went by. And I was just like, I don't know what to do no more. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what to do right now. I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't want to get on the internet. I don't feel like it. I don't have nothing to say. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I was just playing the game and just watching shit. Really a lot of, like, I already watched watch a lot of documentaries and shit, but I was watching that. And I started getting into podcasts and shit like that. And, uh, yeah. And trying to read and shit. I finished this book called Siddhartha last year. Trying to read more, but that shit just, I just gotta make time for it, honestly. Yeah, no, I know. I, I used to read a lot when I was a kid, though. Like, a lot. So. Yeah, no, even I did a couple years, and then you get you get really addicted to it. You're like, oh, man, this feels so good. And then you once you leave it for a day, and then it's like, oh, fuck, I've left it for a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't even think about it until it comes back yeah. in your head. But I just know I definitely need to, because it's going to make me better as an artist anyway. Just when you yeah, I know. Learning more people's stories and, and shit like that, when you do that, you open your mind up. I mean, didn't Eminem read the dictionary or some shit, or is that just a? Is that just a? I don't know. Malcolm X read the dictionary though. That nigga Malcolm X read the dictionary and copied it front to back, like wrote it down, like every word. Yeah, that's that's what he said. Because he said he was trying to read. Uh, I think he was trying to read like the real like Muslim texts, like the real uh, what's that shit called? The Quran, the real Quran shit. And and when he was in prison, but he couldn't understand the, the dialect and the words. And he felt, like, it made him feel insecure. So he was like, bro, fuck that. I'm finna learn every word there is. And he literally went and learned every word there was and wrote that shit down. That is the most crazy, like, determined, like, you know how determined yeah. you gotta be to do that? Because, I don't know, that that show kind of man he was, but that's that's neither here nor there. Grab a thick-ass dictionary and tell yourself you're about <laughs> to, to learn every damn word in the thing. Hey, bro, <laughs> hey, shit. Probably, man, if every rapper did that, there would be like, some you know fire shit up there. Just, like, music probably would be, like, a hundred million times better. Oh, man, I wouldn't. <laughs> because then everybody really got so many different ways to express themselves. And most music is, is people just expressing their emotions over and over again. So that's why most songs be the same. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, no, everybody I, just, we, we, humans are a lot less complex than we, I mean, we're a lot more complex than we think we are, but we also aren't. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's a whole other thing. I go in on all that stuff for days. Feel the same shit all the time, so of course we're gonna make music about the same shit. Yeah, yeah. Everybody read more, we might say different shit about the same shit. I don't know. This is just a thing. Yeah, some people will get inspired by one the one thing that inspired them to make music, and then they're just inspired off that their entire time and kind of always form off that. But then you got guys like the late Mac Miller, rest in peace. He was completely reforming his whole thing every time. I mean, it did seem like, well, what he released last time to what, how he was when he first came onto the scene. He's a perfect. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Guy. I didn't like Mac Miller like that when he first came out with the frat, Neither did with the frat Neither did But once he started kind of getting a little more eclectic, a little more jazzy, and I was like, okay, I can rock with this. Him and Code of the Friend are my two major inspirations for the music I like to make. And I guess you're kind of like Bobby, like those guys. I guess that's what really attracted me. And uh, Coda is massively underrated himself. I mean, I think he has like a million followers on Instagram. But, I mean, even so, he still doesn't get talked about enough. And obviously everyone knows Mac Miller at this point. Circles being one of the more albums that have really related to me personally in recent memory. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of a good uh, segue on to uh, who was your inspiration to get into music? My daddy. And uh, I guess Period. what? <laughs> so he was doing music the whole time when you were growing up, and that was just something that was always around you? Mm-hmm. He wrote my first rap. Yeah? Yeah, my dad was free rap. My dad was, my, my first mixtape ever, one of my first mixtapes ever is on Apple Music. It's called Living in the Moment, J-Man the Prince. All songs song written by my daddy. You said what? How old were you when you put that out? That shit came out probably when I was 11, but the songs are songs from, from 6 to probably like 13 or 12. That's crazy. That's yeah. mad young. Jesus. I think that might be the youngest that I actually or someone on here has told me I've interviewed so far. I wrote my first rap at like 10 or, or 11. Something like that. Probably like 6th grade. Yeah, no. I mean... A lot, I've had a couple guys that say their inspirations is their father, and I mean, a lot of guys that grow up with their dad being predominantly into music and stuff like that, it's always, a, a, it's more than likely the son is usually takes a segue into music, because it's just, I mean, you're I mean, Yeah, And he was good at it, so it was just like, it was, how could I not, you know what I'm saying? He was good at this shit. The only reason I thought he didn't make it was because, A, he was waiting on other people, and B, he didn't know what to do, and he didn't know how to not know what to do, but still make it happen, and also take care of his responsibilities. So he picked the side. He picked. I feel like he picked the right side as a man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, definitely. Yeah, no. I mean, with music, everyone always talks about that one jump they made that really defined their whole thing and what really put them on the path to where they're going. And uh, everybody can't make that jump sometimes, bro. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's it's nerves. It's the nerves, and it's just it's the what ifs. And you can't be scared of the what ifs. You got to be sure of where you're going. And I mean, it's when you got, but when you got children too, that's another thing. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's the am I going to lose everything? Do I? I still got to be a father and being showing all that image and that and that scenario there, and that, it's all that. And yeah, and being able to provide for him. Cause, yeah, know, exactly. You just spent your last dollar trying to market your tape. How your baby gonna eat? Exactly. I'm I'm 23 right now with no really responsibilities, and I can put. Real shit. I'm 21. I turned 24 on Friday, so yeah, I feel old. Happy early birthday. Thanks, man. But uh, I mean, yeah, I can put my disposable money into like just new equipment and stuff, and uh, but yeah, in that situation, it's just definitely got to be a scary thing. Even if it's something you're really passionate about, it. 
Uh, it was, I mean, he loved it. He's he's a great. I feel like he was a great songwriter. He definitely yeah. made songs that, as a young kid, that took me. You know what I'm saying? Just like, like damn, my dad made this song. Like that shit. Pop. Songs about me. Songs about my my siblings. Songs about just real shit. You know what I'm saying? In the midst of all the other shit, he would make songs about. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah. It's always you know, always find the the real song. My the real. favorite rapper. He's still my favorite rapper. Yeah, uh, the lyric songs, the real life songs, I feel stick with me the most. I mean, they're the ones that really uh, take a chord with people. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wish your dad could have actually got out there. I would have. I mean, it sounds like he was an amazing artist, and just like he yourself, don't, for real, he still got some, he got he got he still got music out though. Like I got, like I said, I got two songs with him. I got an EP with him. Two, it's two songs. I'm probably gonna do another one with him. But he's on this. He's on uh floating too. He's on this hard. Um, type shit. So you know what I'm saying. I still been working with him. He still been making shit. He just, you know, it's not his priority no more. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely definitely understandable. But if he ever wanted to pick back up, he got it. Cause none of these, a lot of these old niggas can't fuck with him either. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, kind of going to uh, I guess so. All the new listeners here. I mean, people that haven't heard of Jelani Amani before. Why should people check you out? Why should they check me out? I've never like tried to explain myself to people why I think they should listen to my music. Cause yeah. I feel like if you really want, like for me, a nigga explaining his music ain't never made me listen to his music. That cover art that made me listen, a snippet that made me listen, somebody else that made me listen, basically telling telling me that it's fire. <laughs> or I didn't see something that made me want to listen to that shit. The nigga telling why I should listen don't make me want to listen. So I feel like. I don't even really want to answer that. I would just say, I guess if I could say something, I would say, I don't know, brother. This is my this is my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I, my whole life has been this shit. So everything I put into it is real. And I would never lie in my music. And I would never give you something that me myself I wasn't content with. So if yeah. you if you can hear my words, hear the sincerity of my words and what I'm saying, and you can trust that I'm being honest, then I feel like if you listen to my music, you respect it, even if you don't like it. Yeah, no, man, I respect that that answer. You know, you don't got to go any more to detail on that. I will say personally to everyone that's listening, your shit's fire. So there you go. You heard it from me. Go listen to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of winding this down here. Uh, so. 2021, do you have anything planned out other than the kind of three-pack 